Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to Role Models Podcast, where I have juicy conversations with beautiful humans for your weekly dose of inspiration. I'm Jennifer Norman, founder of the Human Beauty Movement and your host. It's my life's work to show you how radical self-love and radical self-acceptance will lead you to manifest your most fulfilling life. And these days, it's very common to hear the words purpose-driven. Now more than ever, people are striving to align their own personal core values with their professional work to lead their most fulfilling lives. My guest today has a fascinating story to tell. Lisa Hennessy is a creative director and designer from Berlin, Germany, now living in Los Angeles and Kauai, Hawaii. For over 16 years, Lisa worked in the world's top ad agencies, and her work brought her numerous industry awards. But then she felt a calling, and she's here to talk about what happened next. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you and from Hawaii, no less. I love that. Yes, yes. I'm sure you'll hear a chicken at least once throughout our conversation. <laughs> I hope I do. That's fantastic. Well, now I'd love to wind it back to the start of your career. Can you tell us what it was like in your early days of advertising? Oh my, it was exciting. When you're in your early 20s, working all the time and flying around the world, working with the coolest directors and photographers is super exciting. It took me a moment, I think, to realize what was actually happening. I was into it. I was really good at what I was doing. I had so much fun. Everyone was just working nonstop and lots of parties were had and lots of travel. And then it, a while in, I think I realized that I'm missing all my friends' birthdays and weddings and I'm sick and I still push through because I feel like if I don't do it, no one can do it. It's just this dance of they get you with the exciting stuff and then they don't. you don't realize how the agency owns you basically and takes over your whole life and you think it's everything you do for your career, but it's just not sustainable for humans and not quite the way work should be, I think. Yeah. You know, I can relate so much because I remember being in my late twenties and was working in the beauty industry and you develop this obsessive kind of behavior when it comes to work, because you feel that there's like this tie to glamour. You feel your self-worth associated with doing well in your career and you're working hard and you're playing hard, burning the candle at all sorts of ends and not necessarily being as healthy as you can be. I, at that time, was living in New York City, and I just remember there was very, very little sleep to be had. (laughs) Definitely. That was a thing. Yeah. I think it was cool to have yet another all-nighter at the agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so tell us what kind of ads were you working on? What kind of campaigns were they? It was a lot of the big car companies. I worked, I was head of art internationally for VW for four years. And after that, worked on a bunch of other car companies and then moved from Europe to LA and worked on Apple and Netflix and Sony and other big companies, Target. So a lot of those big players for sure, which sounds really exciting. But when it comes to the work, once you start looking behind the curtain, it's not as fulfilling as it might sound. Interesting. Now you've traveled all over the place for work in London and also the United States over in Berlin and Amsterdam. And, and I'm just curious, was it the same everywhere or were there differences depending on where you might be in the world? I think the industry is, is much smaller than it sounds. Mm-hmm. So yes, it is pretty much the same. I think the major difference I felt was while I was studying it at an internship in Vienna and 
And uh, that was the first time I experienced agency life where people didn't come in on the weekends and instead they talked about skiing and the theater and what they would do on the weekend. And it was super strange to me. But yeah, looking back, I think that was the only time I experienced that in advertising. And then comparatively, maybe Europe versus LA, I think the biggest difference is size there. In LA, agencies are just much, much bigger than in Europe. Right. So I think a big difference was in Europe, my skills were really appreciated. Like I have a design background, but I'm a creative director. So the strategic and conceptual thinking plays into that. And when I came with that skill set that was highly in demand in Europe to LA, people wanted to put me in a box and they wanted to know, are you a design director or creative director? And it became clear why when I saw the size of teams, it felt very unreasonable to me to have 50 people sitting in a room working on the same pitch or the same product. And then when it comes to the production of, of that concept, money was super tight. So mm. it didn't add up for me. Interesting. Interesting. Now, where along the way, because I know that you started to feel a bit disheartened about the nature of advertising itself, maybe not necessarily just the fact that you were burning the candle at every end, but also the fact that there seemed to be a bit of exploitation involved. And so I'm just curious, like where in the process or, or what was it that really all of a sudden was like, you know what, this is the straw that's breaking the camel's back. I really need to rethink, you know, how I am working in my life. Yeah, I think it was many, many moments over time, but certainly the realization that internally was always treated like we're saving the world, like you can't miss this deadline. It's so important. Just the fact that it's called a deadline for, I mean, <laughs> really people. That I started to feel that disconnect more and more with how people were treated internally and pushed past their limits. And then externally, when you look at it, why is this so important? What we're doing essentially is lying to people to buy more things in the world that clearly doesn't need more things. So much of what's happening on that side felt wrong to me. The fact that you, like most concepts are based on the fact that you make people feel inadequate, that you make them not feel not good enough unless they buy this thing or they belong to this club, whatever it is. That felt like such a big disconnect. And I was really frustrated with it to a point where I thought, all right, I'm just going to walk away from it and become a starving artist <laughs> or do something completely different. And then a friend of mine convinced me to go to a festival, a con advertising festival one last time. And I was very reluctant, but I ended up going and saw a wonderful human speak. And they used the stage to only talk about their side project, not their phenomenal career. They kept saying, we have this superpower as creatives and we have to just learn to use that superpower for good because what we can do is change behaviors and educate people in a way that shifts behavior that shifts productions and whole industries if we do good with that skill. And I think that was my big aha moment of, oh, wow, I can do this. I can use all this big brand knowledge that I've gained over the years and apply it for good with people who are set out to make a difference in the world with the planet, with their communities, with the way they work and treat each other. So I think that was my big moment, if you want to bring it down to that one. Wow. And that's fascinating, too, because after having worked for years in the industry, selling products and using your creativity to sell more products to actually hear, you can actually use this as good. I mean, it seems like it's so simple and something that they would teach you or that you would learn early on, but it's not. And, and that's the, the surprising and perhaps sad thing about it is that 
that sometimes you, you know, people can go their entire careers thinking like, you know, I work for business and we're in business to make money and I need to figure out how to make more money for the company. And this deadline is here because if we miss it, then we miss the launch or we miss this opportunity. And then I'm, you know, that'll be the end yeah. of my career, you know? And so we put all of this pressure on ourselves because we're chasing, you know, results from previous years or trying to get to these goals that we have, which are almost always fiscally based in yeah. many, many companies, unless you're a very different kind of company, which is the purpose-driven company or the business that chooses not to be. So that leads us into the next phase of your life. And so can you tell us what you did after that? Yes, I um, left advertising industry, the, the agency world for good and started my own company, Fanvy, where I built ethical and sustainable brands. And I do this from a place of love and empathy rather than when the agency always felt like this is all happening from a place of ego. It was all about, we know best, we are so cool versus mm -hmm. what we now do is we always start from a place of knowing nothing. And I believe that the people we work with, the founders, hold all of the magic. They hold all the knowledge. So our job is to just chip away at almost like the rock that holds the sculpture on the inside, right? Mm -hmm. So with that empathy and with that strategic thinking, understanding people and what's going on in the world at that particular time, like cultural moments. If you create from that place, you can create something that's connected at an emotional level with people. So instead of selling, you see, how can I be of service? How can I make someone's life a little better today? And it doesn't have to be like life changing. It can just be a little added smile, a little educational piece, a little bit of service that can help someone in that day. Yeah. And I think that that is really very, telling when you boil it down and you're thinking about the decisions that you're making when you walk into a store or anything in your life, is it fear-based or is it love-based? And it really can boil down to those two very things. And you can feel in your body the difference between making a decision which is fear-based versus love-based. There's typically constriction or this tightening in your body. And then when you're making a decision based on love, you feel more open and flowing. And sometimes it's a very small thing that you you can just pay attention to, but it's fascinating how we have been entrained in advertising and in business to put together campaigns based upon fear, not necessarily based upon love, based upon ego of, oh, if I don't look this certain way, or if I don't have the car, or if I don't have the brand, or if I don't have this, then people will think less of me. And I fear that I want to be socially accepted. And a lot of times that it gets confused because you're like, okay, I want to be accepted. I want to be loved, but it's different from making a decision first and foremost, gung-ho about, oh, I want to be accepted versus I'm doing this because I love it. I'm buying this because I love it. There's a very different kind of emotion that comes out. And so, yeah, the advertising shift is one that I think is interesting how it's starting to happen, but it happens more slowly because it's not as manipulative. You know, you don't get that deadline, like time's running out. You got to buy this or else. And so, you know, that's what usually gets people to buy impulsively. And that's yeah. where the exploitation can come in. And so if you move away from that, yeah, it's a long game, isn't it? It's a little bit different when you make those, those sorts of decisions as a business owner. Definitely a long game and a never ending game. I think that's sometimes the scary part. We can't just do brand and be done with it, right? You always have to evaluate. You always have to see what's going on in the world right now. What's going on? I always see brand more as like the guiding light or that north star that 
you can use it as a checklist for every decision that you make going forward. And that's never done, right? You always have to realign a little bit. And like, But you can only do that when you get clear to begin with about why you do what you do and what the goal is. Like, what is the mission, the vision, the values that drive this business? And then translating that into visuals and language that really connects with people on an emotional level, I think, is so much better than following trends and telling stories that are made up. I'd rather tell truths. I'd rather find what really is already there and uncover that in the most beautiful way possible. Mm -hmm. It is interesting how advertising has shifted course. And I would say over the course of your career thus far, where I mean, it's like people barely read magazines anymore. There's so much online and there's so much fast paced, you know, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And so it becomes one of those things where it's like, okay, how do you catch somebody's attention then? Do you find that struggle when you're dealing with people and the brands and trying to get those values across when you only have a nanosecond to do so? Yes and no. I believe that if you really get clear on the values and you align behind them, it doesn't feel as pressing anymore. So what we usually do, we stay away from the fast content, the disposable content, and we try to create something that's really meaningful, like stories that really matter. And I think if you do that as a company from that place of care and from that place of the shared mission, like if you think about that and you radiate that out in the world, people who care about the same thing will find you and they will want to be connected. And I think what even more important in such a fast-paced mass market world they want to tell their friends about it and that's so much more valuable than any ad spend you can ever have yeah because that's what people need these days they want trust they want curation in a sense and they get that mostly nowadays I believe from friends from micro influencers from people who they feel connected to rather than the big glamorous Kardashians or whoever it is who just do it for different purposes I want to say right okay so then with your business when you say that you're doing things differently can you describe like what would be the main characteristic differences between what you as a creative director in your company is doing versus what ad agencies or whatnot have done in the old model Oh yeah, I'd love to. We usually describe our process as value-based branding or circular branding sometimes. Circular in the sense that it's never done, right? That you always, one piece influence the other. The biggest difference I think to an ad agency from my experience is that a client comes in, there's a briefing, there's a big thing, it's all exciting. And then the client gets sent away and the agency works on something for three months and then comes and presents the thing. And sometimes that's a hit and sometimes it just doesn't connect. What we do instead is we see ourselves as a partner of a founder. It's a really scary time to launch something. We want to be there for someone and do something together. Like I said, I believe that if we start from a place of empathy of not knowing anything and really trying to uncover together that common truth, that emotion, that value. I think it's such a beautiful partnership. I truly believe in collaboration and the beauty of that and adding to something, playing with something and sharing that vision. So we usually always start with strategy for no matter what we do, if it's a brand campaign a launch of a new brand. So if someone comes and says, I just need a logo. I want something that looks like this because it's beautiful. I'm going to be full German on them and say, I'm sorry, but no, I'm just... (laughs) I don't want to waste anyone's time or money. 
And I don't enjoy doing something that someone else has done already because I don't believe that it'll work for that particular other brand. Then I think unless you really get clear on your why and your values and who you're connecting with and what's going on in their lives, you don't need to start. You don't need to do anything because there's so much, like you said, there's so much content out there already. So that strategic understanding, I think, sets us apart because once that is really clear, it's easy to then visualize that. And it's less subjective too, right? I don't just say, oh, I like this or I like pink or I like green. But instead, we can check back with what do we want people to feel? If it's safety and security, then we're probably going to go with a blue tone because that's why banks and insurance companies are blue. Blue evokes a feeling of safety. And all of a sudden it becomes psychological and very logically clear. And of course, you still want to feel excited and proud about the visuals that we create and put out in the world. But it's so much easier to do it from such a place of a common understanding of here's what we're creating. Here's what we set out in the world to do. Let's visualize that. Mm-hmm. How fascinating. So now you decided to have Fernois certified as a B Corporation. Can you tell me what is a B Corporation and what would compel an ad agency or a company like yours to become one? Yes, I love that. Uh, we're fairly new B Corp certified and very proud of it. So I'm always thrilled to talk to a fellow B Corp and to talk about that subject. For us, it was just a matter of, we've been talking about care. We've been trying to be more sustainable. We've pushed every client we had to look at alternatives and packaging, to look at their brand as an all around circular thing that doesn't get communicated outwardly only, but also reflects internally in how they treat their employees, their production, where they manufacture and how. So the B Corp was just the stamp of approval that we actually serious about what we're talking about. And to us, a wonderful way to connect with families B Corps with other people who care. And it's just this wonderful network of humans where it finally feels like we all have this common goal, right? We all want to support our planet and our community. So why not work together on that? There's a wonderful opportunities to share knowledge, to share best practices, to learn from each other that I value so much as a small company. We, often it feels like you're siloed, especially now that we're on Kauai most of the time. There's not that many other people who build businesses in this way. So it feels really nice to be a part of this big movement of striving to be better and to find ways to improve and to care for this beautiful planet and its people. Right, right. And so what are some of the action points that your company has instilled in terms of your commitments to the planet or to people? Can you give us some examples? Yes, absolutely. And it was quite funny because we didn't have to change a lot, actually. We just had to get serious about quantifying it again. And when I left advertising agencies, I thought I'll never write a single timesheet in my life again. (laughs) But one of the main things we do now is we dedicate 5% of our billable hours to nonprofit organizations. And we've been doing that ever since we started. We just, like I said, never quantified it. That's one big thing. We also part of 1% for the planet. So we donate 1% of our profits or more sometimes to local organizations. Very keen on supporting the local community here especially during COVID, a lot of people move to this magical island and not a lot of them are trying to integrate in the community in the way that's supportive and not just an extended vacation. 
And so we're really trying to go to community work days to support some of the organizations here. There's a lot of fantastic uh, things happening in regenerative agriculture and practices in creating more awareness around traditional Hawaiian knowledge. We call it permaculture now, but I think they've been doing it for a really, really long time. So building that bridge of how can we support, but also amplify these voices and tell these really important stories means a lot to us. And I think that's what we build our B Corp-ness around and overall, I guess, best practices and how can we produce something that's more sustainable. For, that's mostly for our clients, though, as an advisor in that space, because we don't make anything. We're a service-based company. So when we work with, we have one client who we're really excited, just got B Corp certified as well with a sunscreen brand. That was a really long process in researching the best packaging for that brand because the planet and sustainability and reef regeneration was so important to them. We had a really hard time, to be honest, finding the right materials because it's not as good as you would want it to be out there. And for most people, what happens then is that decision weighs a lot because doing the right thing is usually not as easy and more expensive. So doing that dance and advocating in the right direction is, I guess, something we try to do as much as we can. Excellent. Excellent. Well, congratulations on being a certified B Corp. Not an easy feat whatsoever. And yeah, definitely notable because there's only, I want to say about 6,000 companies worldwide, roughly about that. They are continuing to add more, but not very many. But these are companies that have met the highest standards in terms of social and environmental impact. And it's not just a seal that people pay for. And, you know, there are plenty of seals that people just pay for, but you really have to prove yourself through auditing and through paperwork and through all sorts of substantiation to make sure that you're living up to the standards that are set forth. So it is rigorous and it is something that is a commitment. So I certainly applaud you for that. And you as well. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, now I would say more than ever, people are really starting to get a little bit jaded by big business, by big corporations and by the fact that, you know, they're longing for more purpose, they're longing longing for more fulfillment. Having gone through that process, are there any words of wisdom that you would impart to anybody that is interested in, you know, searching for either greater meaning within their own lives or something that aligns more closely to what their own personal values are? Mm, Yes, always. I'm a big fan of lots of lots of questions. I think that process of investigating your own why is really, really important and meaningful. Thinking about what got to where you're are now? What gets you excited? Like what sparks the most joy in your life? And then if you combine that with a sense of care and sustainability, not just outwardly and like how much plastic do you waste and produce every day, but also for yourself, that whole, we talk about love as a seat for our business or every decision that we make, every action that we take, but it always starts. And especially with love, I feel like it always starts with yourself too. It's that analogy of the airplane oxygen mask, right? Unless you give it to yourself first, you can't serve other people. You can't serve the planet. You can't sustain yourself. One of my favorite really silly points of advice I got a long time ago was the first rule of business is to stay in business, which I think means to be profitable. But to me, it means to not burn out, to take care of myself enough and that excitement that got me to this place to sustain that. For me as a creative, that's a lot of it is play. Like I have to come back to what gets me excited. What is that creative process that inspires me so much? I love beauty. I love beauty, not in the sense 
sense that you've spent so much time in a beauty in the sense of like uncovering what's beautiful in a situation in a person that's not maybe not beautiful to everyone else but finding the beauty within that that gets me really excited in my work and a lot of that requires us to step away from work I think when I started my own company everything all of a sudden felt like it has to be for a purpose because you need clients to pay bills but I get lit up when I get to work with people who really make a difference and a lot of that means telling these stories without thinking about work telling these stories and working with these people and collaborating with people in ways that will never be profitable for us so finding that balance I think is really important and first of all understanding what is it that lights you up personally that gets you so excited and then allowing a little bit of space for that in your life Mm, beautiful well Lisa Hennessy thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of Role Models and best wishes for great success in what you're doing because you are fulfilling a purpose and you have a very strong mission in what you're doing with your business. So thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. It was a joy to talk to you. 